Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The bad news is that you're stuck spending the day with some of your weirdest relatives. The good news, you also get to spend a couple of hours with us. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Greeny's on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Jeff Turn. We are in for Mike, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Jeff, we are uh, hosting Thanksgiving today at our house. Dinner at like 5.30, something like that. I picked up the bread yesterday, and I um, am responsible for some bartending probably a little bit later. Uh, but I think most of all, my job is just kind of following directions and also totally getting out of the way when I am not wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a, a good plan for most of us today. And I think, you know, the, the hosting part of it is something we've done many years. This year, we get to go to, to my mother's for some Thanksgiving. And so I don't have to deal with all the chaos of making sure everything's lined up, making sure we have everything. That last minute run to the grocery store that's only open for two hours. Uh, I don't have to do any of that. Uh, I'm just trying to keep my three boys under eight from destroying my mom's house. Uh, later this afternoon so yes i'm on the same sort of wavelength as you just do as much as humanly possible to stay out of the way and obviously football is a part of the fabric of this holiday it starts at 12:30 eastern packers at the lions at 4:30 eastern the commanders go to dallas to meet the cowboys and at 8 20 the niners go and play the seahawks and we'll talk about each of these games and get into some actual football talk but jeff i kind of wanted to start here You know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've never lived in Detroit and Dallas and I'm not a fan of either one of those teams. But I am wondering at some point if the NFL should let go of this tradition and let other cities host Thanksgiving football. Or do you like it better that these two teams are always playing on this day? You know, for for the longest time, I felt like Detroit should have been aced out of the equation based on how bad and putrid they were at the game of football, which is supposed to be the celebration on Thanksgiving, it always felt like, you know, they were the ceremonial host to get their butts kicked come come Thanksgiving, and they'd put them at the first game. I also think, though, now that they've turned the corner, the next few years are going to be fun to watch the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. And if you go back to, like, my childhood, there was nothing wrong with me flipping on a TV and seeing Barry Sanders run around and entertain me on Thanksgiving. Dallas, I think, always should be a staple. Love them, hate them. It's the afternoon game, and there's usually a really good matchup with Dallas when it comes to Thanksgiving. I like the addition of the third game at night because it's allowed other teams to sort of be sprinkled into the mix. And I don't remember, like, I I don't remember watching three games as a kid. Maybe there was. I always thought there was just two. No, the the, the three games thing is like an advent of the last 10 years. And I agree with you. And usually the third game is like the the marquee feature because – Either the Cowboys or the Lions stinks or they're playing teams that stink. Or I think the league looks at it this way. I think they know they're going to get huge ratings on this day because what else is on? You know, even non-football fans are flipping around searching for rebroadcasts of parades and old movies. And I mean, to me, I think that they don't have to put all-time great matchups. You don't have to put, you know, the Cowboys taking on the Eagles on this day you want to save that game probably for another time because you know these games are going to rate like crazy today regardless of what the matchup is yeah and I think you know the the Pittsburgh Steelers would be one that if you wanted to to exchange one team for another a historical franchise with a fan base that translates across the entire United States the Miami Dolphins too from what they did in the 70s I think it surprises a lot of people when you start to ask who's your favorite team and, Mm -hmm. and somebody tells you that they don't live in Miami and they're a Dolphins fan. San Francisco is another one, too, with all those Super Bowl wins. I think Denver could potentially be one that you could cement in there 
as as a staple. But, you know, I, I do kind of think the Detroit Lions getting Thanksgiving is sort of, you know, like the the, the, the gift that keeps on giving to a, a franchise that hasn't given back. So there yeah. has been, I think, some confusion as here, to why they've always been a staple on Thanksgiving. I think here's the deal. I think we give them about seven more years, Jeff. And if the Lions can't at least get to a Super Bowl or how about this, win a second playoff game (laughs) in the Super Bowl era because they have one playoff win since 1970, at some point I think that they ought to be punished a la relegation in international soccer and relegated, not out of the NFL, but relegated off of Thanksgiving. Greenies on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Jeff Turn. All right, let's jump in and talk specifically about these games. 12-30, Packers and Lions. Detroit's an eight-point favorite. Dallas is favored over Washington by 13-and-a-half. And the Niners in Seattle, in part because of some injuries, are favored by seven. Which of the underdogs, if any, Jeff, do you think has the best chance to win outright and pull a major Thanksgiving upset? I think it would be the team that's the underdog at home, and that would be Seattle. We all know these games usually come down to the wire. Pete Carroll has always been able to coach up against the 49ers, and I always feel like Geno Smith is underrated, even though the numbers sometimes back up what the criticism says. I feel like at home, if Seattle is just healthy enough, they can play close enough with the 49ers, maybe force a turnover or two from Brock Purdy, which would be the complete opposite of what we saw a week ago when he had a perfect QBR. But at home as an underdog, I think, gives you the best chance. Dallas is going to mollywop the the commanders today. And I think the Packers are going to have to get off to a hot start to stay with Detroit. I think Detroit's offense is going to be clicking today. So I'd take the, the home underdog. And the other thing, too, is I always love to look at ESPN analytics and see the matchup predictor versus what the line is. Usually when you have a ESPN analytics that's the opposite of what the line is or it doesn't make a lot of sense, you can predict an upset. But the analytics match up with the lines today on all three games. So that was an interesting little side note as we get ready for this triple header. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I went on ESPN bet to try to figure out like a parlay of like a three-way with the Lions, Cowboys, and Niners, you know, the three big favorites, hoping that it would pay like plus 250 or something Even money, right? Even money. You can, literally, you don't even really get plus money to try to put all those three teams together. Although, I think I know this well, and one of these games is going to end up being close. And I just wonder, the Commanders played so horrible against the Giants last week. I wonder if a stinky performance again today, you know, if, if you let the Cowboys really go off on you, and they have blown out the bad teams they played. They smashed the Giants twice this year. If the Cowboys go off, I wonder if Josh Harris starts to think, okay, maybe I ought to start my coaching search a little early. And I think if there's one guy that could get fired today, I think Ron Rivera would be at the top of that list. So I I was thinking about this, too, because there's so many coaches that get fired during the year when they, they have sort of the experience that you just described. But with Ron Rivera and the respect factor that he has across the league, and I think internally, too, with that organization, he hasn't done anything to be a numchuck. He, he didn't do what Josh McDaniels did down there in, in Las Vegas where he has a team meeting and he tells everybody, don't talk about us like this, and then he eventually gets canned within yep. the week. I think Rivera's respect factor as a player and as a coach may allow him to finish the season, but I think Josh Harris has made up his mind already. I think there's yeah. no chance that Ron Rivera comes back after this year. Yeah, um, looking at the quarterbacks today, uh, Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, Niners, Seahawks. 
Um, I was thinking about this. Who is the best quarterback playing on Thanksgiving in your mind? Oh, it's Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott right now is, as far as actual statistics and the way he's played, you can't think about the postseason and know that he's had all these mishaps when it comes to evaluating him as we sit here today. I think Dak Prescott should be the MVP right now. Like, I think he's played the best at that position. Now, that said, when it comes to evaluating him and his overall resume, you can't exclude what has happened and what may happen in the postseason. But it is a regular season award, and I love the way Dak has been playing. I would say Brock Purdy and Jared Goff fall sort of in that next tier for me, uh-huh. and it's not like a complete you know fall off the cliff drop. I think that they're fairly close, and then the, and then it's everybody else after that. Yeah, is it is there a weirder NFL stat right now than who's leading the league in passing yards? Sam Howell of the Isn't that Washington. crazy? Uh, can you like that is bizarre. That one to me. I wonder what the odds were on him lead. I guess they're always behind, and so that's why they're chucking the ball all over the place. Maybe it's a little bit of a credit to Eric Bieniemy, but he's thrown for over 3,000 yards. C.J. Stroud second, Tua Tungavailoa third. The debate about golf versus Dak is an interesting one. And Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, jumped into it. He was on a sportsman like earlier this morning here on ESPN Radio. Jared Goff did take the Rams to the Super Bowl. We've seen him do this. Right. You know, in the in the postseason before, everything we talk about with Dak, and Dak is playing some really good football right now, but every, everything we talk about with Dak is, I need to see it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I need to see it when it matters most. I've seen Jared Goff do it when it matters most. So right now, I would take Jared Goff over Dak Prescott, even though I think Dak Prescott might be playing better, but I've seen Jared Goff take a team to the Super Bowl. Greeny on ESPN Radio, Aaron Goldhammer, Jeff, turn in for Mike. You know, I I kind of agree with that analysis, Jeff, that, you know, while you might take Dak for a regular season, if I got to win one game in the playoffs, Jared Goff's playoff resume is probably better than Dak Prescott's is. I want want Dak, and I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I want Dak to erase those playoff demons of the past because I pull for a guy like that. He doesn't have the -the off-the-field issues. He seems like a good leader. People like him. It's just he hasn't been able to get it done in the postseason. That said, I agree with the way Jared Goff has played in the postseason, leading them to a Super Bowl. Now, you got to remember in that Super Bowl, he wasn't good. uh, But getting there, he was. And even last year at the end of the year, I know it wasn't a playoff game, but it sure felt like it because you were able to knock the Packers out of the playoffs and do it at Lambeau Field. That wasn't home cooking. He did that on the road, and he played really, really good. He doesn't put his team in inopportune situations, and I appreciate that about a quarterback like Jared Goff. He's not going to go out there and Drew Brees you at his prime or Aaron Rodgers you at his prime where he's going to throw for 400 yards and, and look like you know the greatest passer of all time. But he figures out ways to get his team's wins without turning the football over, and that's yeah. why I think he's trusted in those moments late in games, late in the season, in the postseason, because the lack of turnovers is what really breeds a lot of success in those moments. I mean, to me, the best trades are actually the ones that work out well for both teams. That Stafford golf uh, number one pick deal. Man, the Rams are happy. They got their ring. Uh, no picks allowed or whatever. <laughs> what were they chanting? They, would, uh, they're, they're, they don't, you know, screw the draft picks or whatever. And for the Lions, you know, they that trade was sort of the start of the rebirth of their franchise. Then they go and they hire Dan Campbell and then... I think the most fun personality playing on Thanksgiving is that Lions head coach. I think from hard knocks 
to biting kneecaps to every single after-win locker room speech. That has become must-watch for me on Sunday nights after Lions wins to see how fired up was Dan Campbell and am I going to want to run through a wall by the time he's done with his 45 seconds or a minute firing up his team after a win. And you know what's interesting about Dan Campbell, too? Remember when he took over as the interim coach there? I think it was Joe Philbin that got fired. I, I, I may be wrong there in Miami, but that's what I think it was. Yeah. And he takes over, and he has not changed his personality. Now, he's changed a little bit, I think, in the way the maturity of how he's coached a team and sort of the CEO aspect of that. But when it comes to the interactions with the players, the interactions with the media, the way he portrays himself, the way he conducts himself on a daily basis, it hasn't changed from when he was with the Dolphins as the interim head coach to when he was an assistant there in New Orleans to getting the head coaching job in, in Detroit. And I think that authentic that authentication of what he's become as a head coach really resides and resonates with that team and those players. And, man, when you know you got an authentic head coach who's true to himself, he's not BSing you, yeah. it goes a long way in times of trepidation. And in times of trepidation, man, the Lions are cool, calm, and collected, and they just execute what they need, like – Remember when he called that play for the offensive linemen uh, to, to get the pass yeah. when they needed to get a first down to close yes. out a game? I think that was a year ago. And then you see what he's done multiple times this year going for it on fourth and whatever uh, as they could have kicked the field goal to win the game. Instead, you could run the clock down. Yeah. And then the, the, I love when we get to go into the locker room after the game and he's talking about the win, man. That is that is <laughs> that is prime time excitement listen, for me. You know, I thought this was going to be like a little short lived. And then if they started losing that every Everybody was going to turn on him. I didn't think that it was an act that could really be sustainable, but I think you're right. It's not an act. It really is who he is, and it fits Detroit, and it fits this team, and I think right now he's the favorite for coach of the year. One last thing, just looking at these games today, obviously three of the four top teams in the NFC are playing. Lions, Cowboys, Niners. Uh, no Philly, um, but I think we would all agree probably those are three of the top four. I don't trust Dallas in the playoffs. I think Detroit has got to get there and prove something before I'm thinking that they could make a real Super Bowl run. I do think they'll win a playoff game this year. I think the best team playing today right now, if they are healthy, which is the key to it all, is San Francisco. And I think that is a team that, aside from Philly, they probably, to me, are second choice right now to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount. Combine your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. You could bundle and save by going to Progressive.com. Up next, you know, schools are usually closed on the holidays, but one NBA coach decided that it was the perfect time for a lecture. That's next. Greeny with Aaron Goldhammer and Jeff Turn on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This Saturday on ESPN Radio, in a rivalry that dates back to 1899, Texas A&M heads to Death Valley to face Heisman candidate Jaden Daniels and the LSU Tigers. Coverage begins Saturday morning at 1130 Eastern with kickoff at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. I walked into the hallway and I bumped into Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is a monster. His head has muscles. He could absolutely beat you to death with his neck, his arms, his back is huge. He's enormous. Really made me feel less of well about myself. 
This is Greeny. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for people who are bigger and stronger than us like Shannon Sharp. We are thankful for you here on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Jeff Turn. You can be a part of Greeny Nation. The Dr. Pepper call-in line is open. 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation presented by Ice Cold Dr. Pepper. Boy, a must on any Thanksgiving table. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper it is the one that fans deserve. I'm sorry, what? what, what? I'm sorry, what, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Aaron Goldhammer, Jeff Turn with you. Greenies on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We start I'm Sorry What with some audio from San Antonio last night where the Clippers were in town to take on the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard facing his former team. And Greg Popovich, Jeff, got a little bit luxury, like he was a college professor as fans were booing the former Spur. Take a listen. Excuse me for a second. Pops on the mic. Can we stop all the booing and let these guys play? It's not last. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Valley Sports there on the audio. What an odd time for Greg Popovich to decide to stop coaching his team and start coaching the crowd you know it's interesting Aaron when you think about this from a NBA perspective and I've always been one to think if you pay for your ticket and you're not throwing something on the field or you're not endangering others physically that you can say or do pretty much anything you want you know like we're not trying to go uh, like over the top but like booing to me 
has always been something where when I hear people say stop booing, I want to boo louder. And that's exactly what San Antonio fans started to do. It wasn't just Kawhi Leonard that they booed then after that. James Harden at the free throw line. Every time that the Clippers would have the ball offensively, you would hear some boos coming from the stands. And I've always appreciated Popovich's ability to address a wide range of topics in press conferences and when he's in media situations. So, like, I would have felt like maybe after the game he could have brought this up and next time the the Clippers came to town, you would probably see maybe or hear less boos because I think there's a big level of respect still for Popovich and what he says in San Antonio. But you're right. It felt like, you know, this was the moment where your parents told you not to do something and then you started to do the complete opposite even more. I, I was shocked. When I watched the video, because when I heard it right away in the email that you guys sent, I'm yeah. like, OK, let me go watch this. Maybe it was a nice moment where he's talking about Kawhi. It was awkward. It was unusual yep. and probably unwarranted, man. Listen, Jeff, there are moments in each of our lives where we come to the realization that it's just time, you know, that the world has just passed us by. Now that Jim Behan has retired at Syracuse and he should have retired like 10 years ago and someone finally gave him the memo over there. Greg Popovich. Okay, has five championships. He is an all-time great coach. He is on a very short list of all-time best basketball coaches ever. Uh, but it is time, Jeff. This is this is his time. You can't. If someone was yelling a racial slur, if someone sure. was saying something sexist, if there was a lot of cursing, if there was chanting that was inappropriate, like okay, if someone was throwing things on the court. Then I could see Pop grabbing the mic and saying, hey, cool it. But booing is part of the responsibility of a fan. They're rooting for their team. What, you think they want Kawhi Leonard to win? By the way, I think in San Antonio, they have a right to boo Kawhi. He kind of quit on them and then decided to want out. Like, I understand he's a former finals MVP, but not everything has to be like a tribute video in this day and age. And I just thought this was a moment where I looked at Greg Popovich and I said, he does not belong on the sidelines anymore. Let someone else come in and be able to coach the Victor Wembanyama era. Because by the time this team gets good, Pop's going to be 85 years old. Yeah, and I don't think that Popovich has has sort of a place at this point to be saying something like that, considering what you just detailed with Kawhi Leonard's departure. It was not a mutual departure based on sort of everybody being happy with where they were at. The San Antonio Spurs were were very upset with the way that Kawhi was handling his rehab and who he was doing his rehab with and some of the things that were being said from family members about the organization and how they were handling it. They eventually traded him for DeMar DeRozan. I uh, think Manu and Tony Parker would be booing Kawhi, right? Yes. And Tim Duncan would be booing Kawhi right there with the fans. 100%. And I think, too... I don't know, like, I don't watch enough San Antonio Spurs basketball. But he goes, he said in that quote, this is this isn't us. I would imagine that there's been booing from those stands before at other moments when the Lakers were in town or when they were playing the Suns in the playoffs. I mean, there had to have been moments oh where my. there were loud ranging boos coming yes. from the stands. So for Pop to say that. Wallace in the 05 finals. Yes. Like, this yes. is part of what being a what? You got to bow down and say thank you to Kawhi Leonard because it's the. No, you buy the ticket. You have a right to boo. It's all part of the experience of being a sports fan. I go to high school basketball games in Northeast Ohio where I live in Cleveland, Jeff, and people boo the other team at a high school game. My son's eight. 
and he boos people when we're when we're at a college basketball game. And yeah. I'm not the parent that says quit booing. Like if he's if my son's dropping f bombs at eight at the opposing team, we're Problem. gonna have a conversation. Problem. If he's yes. booing at some point because he doesn't like the call of a referee or something, that is not where I'm stepping in and drawing the line. Uh, Greg Popovich explained why he did this at his press conference after the game. Take a listen. Well, I think anybody that knows anything about sports, you don't poke the bear. I just I just told you why I did it. What? Can you clarify that, though? I, I, I spoke English. I just told you. Anybody that knows anything about sports knows you don't poke the bear. That's my answer. What you said to the fans, was that something that's that all, you that's all, I, that's all I need to say. I don't know how you want me to. Do you want me to make up a different answer? No, I'm asking you I gave you the answer. I gave the answer. I'm going to ask There's you. no other questions that need to be asked. What are we doing? Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Jeff Turns. Let me get this straight. Pop coaches his team. He also coaches the city of San Antonio at large, Spurs Nation, on how to fan. And then he's also coaching, Jeff, the media on what questions to ask. In the, is there any subject on which Greg Popovich does not think he is the king? Right. Well, the poking the bear thing would be interesting if your team was really, really good and it was a playoff game and you wanted some sort of advantage from what you're about to say. The Spurs just keep on losing and you're not even in any position to win a damn thing. So it would be it would be a totally different scenario if you're, oh, don't poke the bear. It's, you know, game seven or whatever the hell he's talking about. That is completely the opposite of where the Spurs are at right now. So, yeah, yeah that was just – it added awkwardness to an already uh, very unusual situation. But, but, but I hold on. I just got word from Greg Popovich. He wants us to not talk about this anymore. We're done. And he he knows more about sports talk than anyone else on 100%. planet Earth. So we better listen to him. Yes. Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Jeff Turn. It brought up some other memories of when coaches dared grab the PA microphone in the stadium or the arena. Who could forget? December 10th, 1989, as Bengals fans were chucking things on the field in a game against the Cleveland Browns, and Sam Weish, coach of the Bengals, grabbed the microphone. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. <laughs> that is great. That fired up the crowd. That's the opposite of what Greg Popovich did. So is that what people in Cleveland do? Are they just like Philly fans throwing stuff at Santa Claus? No, I mean, we had thrown uh, dog pa- uh, dog bones. Uh, there were maybe some batteries thrown. I think there was once a game <laughs> where they were a team was driving into the dog pound and they had to turn around and have them go the other way because fans were throwing so many things on the field at the opponent. And Sam, it all is part of the Browns-Bengals Battle of Ohio thing. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. And the fans lost it. The fans went crazy. He, he fired up his own fan base and got them to stop throwing stuff. Bobby Knight also did this. And it also involved really like a, a player and fan safety issue. Take a listen. I believe Steve Smith. Uh, they might have commented that somebody was here. Here's Knight. Keep listen. that in mind. You know, I don't care what the quality of the officiating is. You don't throw anything in here. There you go. And again, he fired up his crowd. In Popovich's case, they just booed more. Like, the, those guys had command over those crowds. Greg Popovich did not.
I love the irony of Bob Knight saying don't throw anything when he chucked a chair across the entire court. Like that to me fair, fair is point. one of the best sound clips that we will ever play on on ESPN radio where the man that chucked a chair across the court ultimately said we do not throw anything in here. And by the way, one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia is a chair that I had autographed by Bob Knight when I hosted an event with him. It is a folding chair that says to Jeff from Bob Knight. So I appreciate Bob Knight as much as anybody, but the irony there is not lost on me at all. It's a good question. Where do you think the chair that Bobby Knight threw that night is? Like, oh do you my think God. So- someone saved it for pot, or do you think it's in like a dump somewhere? Green I would have grabbed that and ran out of that <laughs> that that uh, arena as something. quick as humanly possible. I feel man. like that's something Darren Ravel has somewhere. Hundred <laughs> percent. Ravel's got that. that. He's got that for right. sure. You might be right. Greedy's on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. Jeff Turner. Of course, you hear Bubba jumping into the conversation um, with us. One other thing on this with Popovich, if you're the the microphone guy, the sound guy at the arena, Pop comes over, does he just have so much cred because of the five titles and that he's been the coach there for 25 years that you just have to hand him the microphone? Oh, yeah. Or could you have said no, coach? Well, you could have said no. to the game. That would have been your last time uh, doing PA if you would have said no to Popovich. So you could have said no, but I would have rather kept my job. So, yeah, I hand over the microphone and let him deal with all of it. No matter where you are, you can always listen to Greeny on the ESPN app. Or, of course, you can also check us out on SiriusXM if you have it. We are on Channel 80. Elsewhere in the NBA last night, boy, there was more drama with Chris Paul and Scott Foster, which might be the best rivalry right now in all of sports. Take a listen. It's personal. Yeah. We had a situation some years ago, and it's personal. You know what I mean? Like, the league know, everybody know. It's been a meeting and all that, and it's just a situation with my son. And so it's, yeah, we, yeah, so I'm I'm okay with a ref talking, you know, saying whatever, saying just don't use a tech to get your point across. You know what I mean? So. I got to do a better job making sure I stay on the floor for my teammates, but here's what it is. I'm sure I see him in a game seven soon. This was <laughs> uncomfortable, okay? And we know the record, Chris Paul's record, when Scott Foster officiates his playoff games, you know, is 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 what it is. And the history here with these two guys goes back. But it, if you're an official, you shouldn't be starting a rivalry with a player. The job of the other team is to have a rivalry with Chris Paul, not Scott Foster. No one is coming to the game to watch Scott Foster. When I, when I saw this first tech hit, I, I knew there was a second one coming. I was watching the game, and when I saw the first tech, I, I saw – that was after let's, – let's be real, though. I, I don't think Chris Paul has evolved or, you know, from, from being a guy that was once someone that would talk a little trash and now isn't going to. I think he still has that edge about him at this point in his career, and he talked about sort of maybe dialing that down a little bit and being on the floor for his, for his team. But that thing went on for about 45 seconds, and then Scott hit him with the first tee, and then Scott walked away, and Chris kept chirping, and I knew the second one was going to happen. I love how Steph grabbed him and pulled him back because you don't want him to get suspended by going after Scott Foster at that point, but you're exactly right, man. The, the object of the officials is to not be seen, yeah. and there are always a handful of them that are always seen, and Scott Foster, especially when Chris Paul is in, in the mix, is always seen, and that's unfortunate, I think, for those two individuals and the league. Listen to this numbers. Chris Paul has lost 13 consecutive playoff games with Scott Foster as the crew chief. Coincidence. I'm sure. 
that could only be a coincidence. Right. Uh, also, dating back to 2008, the number that I have is 3 and 17. Chris Unreal. Paul. And by the way, Chris Paul has played on some darn good teams that have right. gone to the conference finals or gone, you know, to the brink of the finals, gone to the finals. His son's team went to the finals. And he's 3-17. and 17. If I'm the NBA, like, man, I don't know that I can put these guys together. Maybe someone back there in the league office is actually thinking, hmm, this is good television. I just think, as a fan, I don't. I want to watch Chris Paul battle, you know, I was going to say Steph Curry. Now I realize they're on the same team. Um, you know, I want to watch Chris Paul battle some of the other best point guards in the Western Conference. I want to see him against Jamal Murray. I don't want to see him against Scott Foster. It's bizarre. Yeah, I think the thing, too, that the league could do is just not, like you said, put them together in games. Although Scott Foster rates out as a really good official in the NBA. So in a lot of these high-profile games, the league's uh. like, all right, man, I want him in there. But, man, it becomes a sideshow. And, you know, it's fun for us to talk about it the following day, but it's not fun in games that mean a lot. Where he's, I mean, they were playing the Suns last night. Like, that game should have been about Chris Paul playing his old team and two teams competing that are going to be hopefully there at the end of the West. Instead, it became much more than that. Yeah, well, Russell Wilson was at the podium as the Broncos have a game against the Browns coming up on Sunday as we get back to the NFL. Uh, this was Russell Wilson is just a total weirdo, Jeff. He's trying to act like a human, but he feels like a robot. He's... He treats every day like it's Thanksgiving. Your thoughts here. Take a listen. You know, every day I get to wake up, I get to come to this building and just gratitude. You know, I think Thanksgiving is every day in terms of the mentality you should have, you know, just gratitude for the gift that we get to live and breathe every morning. I thank God every day that I get to breathe and just wake up and just do what I get to do. What you all get to do as well as a gift. Um, we get to be around amazing people, um, a great organization. Um, uh, I get to be around a great locker room of guys that are dedicated to the craft and that's all you want every day is to be, be around amazing people that, that want to give everything they have and vice versa. And, um, and so, um, you know, I always tell you guys I have the best job in the world. I'm one of 32 men in the world. I get to do what I get to do. There's 8 billion people in the world. And so every day I get to drive in here, I, I just thank God for the gift of life and breath, my family, um, the gift of the game, what it's given to me in terms of just um, love and passion for, for, for something. Um, and I uh, can't wait to, to have more, a lot of more great days. Jeff, if I put into an AI software program quarterback speech about Thanksgiving, I think that's what would pop out. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I do wonder this, though, because there are there are people that are high profile individuals that have buku amounts of money that have partnered with Russell Wilson in business endeavors. He's married to Sierra and she hasn't got annoyed with him yet. He has had two different organizations pay him millions upon millions of dollars. A lot of teammates speak highly of him. Is it just us that doesn't get Russ? Or is it that Russ is a guy that doesn't fall into the same frame as most other individuals? And you have to get to know him behind the scenes to Maybe. appreciate him to his fullest. Because I would think, like, you know, Sierra could pretty much have anyone she wants. And she has decided to to be with Russell Wilson for the rest of her life. You know, the, the Seahawks had, had, a, had a football marriage with Russ that ultimately came to an end. But now the Broncos have that marriage, and it seems like Sean Payton is starting to fall in love with Russ as well. So is it our fault, or is it something that is Russ's fault? Because I agree with you, man. When the clips come out, they feel a little cringeworthy. Every time he is interviewed after a game, it's yeah. always about the opportunity and how we are grateful. And I, 
And so, I don't know, man. It feels like maybe we're Just, missing like, something. Just, like, be a real person, Russ. Like, it's okay to show I need an F-bomb of... or two one time yeah, from like, Russ, like man. I, I need, like, a real moment with you and not, like, it feels like he's always just trying to say what he thinks people want him to say and act like he thinks people want him to act and not actually just being himself. Um, and while there are some teammates that, you know, have liked him over the years, obviously when he was playing well in Seattle, nobody could say a bad word about him. But I think if you asked the Legion of Boom about Russell Wilson, I think if you asked Bronco teammates last year when he was hiring his own personal masseuse and had his own office and the building and all that, I don't know that people would have as positive a, a reflection of him. Greeny is on ESPN Radio and ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Jeff Turn. And Hembo is not here today because he has Thanksgiving off, like all the big timers on Greeny here on ESPN Radio. But... He did take the time to put a bit of a trivia question together for us. Take a listen. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right. So, yeah, we do not have Hembo today, but I do have a question from him. I do have the answer, so I cannot partake. But you guys and Nick can answer this. Now, I also I do have an update on Bob Knight's chair. Darren Ravel has the ticket from the game. But he doesn't have the chair, apparently, because they were just basically those red plastic chairs. They were so nondescript. Like 15 people claim to have the chair, <laughs> but no one really knows because it was such a just a ge- generic chair. So we don't fully know. But Ravel does have the ticket from the game because, of course, he does. Anyways, here is today's question. Again, no Googling. Got to be honest here. We'll get your answers coming back from break. Who was MVP? Of the NFL, the last season in which the Lions won their division. The MVP of the NFL, the last year the Lions won the division. All Are right. you going to give us the year? Do we get to get the, the I mean, I, no, dear I, I, God. I think, I think, I think we nope. got to figure gotta, all that out. out. Oh, my God, No Googling man. over there, Jeff. That no, is, you, yep. you. The, the question is. It has to be before I was born. I was born in 85. I don't know when the Lions. I mean, I have no clue on this. I'm going to. I, I, I. Oh I can I, get, I think I on, have man. a bit of a guess. Let's let's all meet together, and right. then we'll try to give our answer, and we will get the answer to this. Also, Jeff, I'm in Cleveland. Jeff has an issue with Cleveland. We'll talk about it next. Greeny is on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Geico's mobile app has 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info. It's easy to Geico. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. Greeny. No man looks good in briefs. Zero, none. That's not true. Yes, it is. It is not true. Name a man who looks good in briefs. I look good in briefs. No, you don't. Yes, I, I do. You I think you do, no. but you don't. I look good in briefs. Get I wear briefs as well. Phone. You yeah. wear briefs? Yes. It's a terrible decision. They're comfortable. No, they're not comfortable. <laughs> and I bet Cam looks good in briefs, too. Thank you, Hembo. I guarantee you, my Cam. Colleague. My Cam good friend, Hembo. Cam, colleague. take your pants off right now. <laughs> no, this is Greeny. One of the things I'm thankful for today is boxers. Yes. Greenies on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Jeff Turn. We'll have an answer to sneaky Hembo trivia about one minute from now. So if you've been marinating on that, we'll get to it. But uh, I got to ask you this, Jeff, because we're eating today at about 530 at our Thanksgiving table. And I think that's like actually a little later than average. Yes. Do you eat Thanksgiving dinner? Do you eat Thanksgiving lunch? What's the perfect time to sit down and have the food ready to go today? So 1230 Eastern is when the first game kicks off. I think you should be sitting down with the TV on and the food on the table by the time kickoff happens so that you say grace accordingly with the national anthem like you should be saying grace when the national anthem is happening Uh now there were moments where like this wasn't every single year but we would normally go to my grandma's house in Haywarden, iowa and there would be a tv sort of in the adjacent room and then in, in the kitchen and then we'd eat sort of in this room in the middle and like, one year they would be fine with the TV on. The next year they'd ask that it be turned off. Like, I never understood why one year to the next was different. But there should always be a TV in the room where you're eating, and you should be able to have it on. Now, it can be on mute. That's fine so that you can watch it, and then everybody can sort of pile in afterwards and watch it. But I think, like, right when the games are starting yeah. is when you should start eating food because then as the afternoon goes on, you can go back for your seconds, your thirds, your fourths, depending on how hungry you are. Yep. And then by, like, halftime of the Cowboys game is when you sort of fall into that sleep and then you wake up for the fourth quarter. Uh, I wish I wielded enough power in my family to say that there will be a TV on in the room where we're eating. I do not wield that kind of power. Oh, the no, t- man, t- really? So, so what will happen is I'll be sneaking the game on my phone underneath the table <laughs> oh, to wow. get – you know, it's like you're in church because I've got exactly because I've got like the, uh, you know, the different bets and the, you know, I'm trying to track everything. Even if it's in the first half of a game, I will have the game on, but it's going to be on my phone. All right. Greenies on ESPN radio, the ESPN app. We have sneaky Hembo trivia going on. Bubba reset for everybody. What Hembo's trivia question of the day was on yep. this Thanksgiving day. So the question is, who was MVP of the NFL the last season in which the Lions won their division? All right. None 
none of us have Googled. I think no. we've all been totally fair here. Why don't we start with producer Nick Carty? Nick, what were you thinking as you got this? It's really got two parts. you got to know when the Lions last won their division, then you got to know who the MVP was. All right, yeah, I have no idea. I was born in 1998, so it has to be before my time. I'm thinking the last time they won a division. Uh, if I had to venture a guess, knowing Hembo sent it today, I'll stick in theme. I think he won an MVP. My guess would be uh, Emmett Smith. I mean, the Cowboys were dominant. Why uh-huh. not? It's Thanksgiving. Okay, that's my okay. guess. Okay. Emmett okay. Smith is a that, not a bad guess because I have a better sense of when this was. But Jeff, go to you. What are you thinking here? So I I was thinking about this, and I don't think it was the '80s the last time the Lions won the division. I think it was the early '90s, mid mid '90s. I remember they they would be battling with the Green Bay Packers for the division. So. Going back to that time, I remember Steve Young won an MVP, and I think because Hembo likes to be, uh, you know, thematic with this, that there's some sort of theme. I don't even know if thematic is a word, but I'm going to use it today on Thanksgiving. Um, I, I would imagine that one of the teams playing today is represented in the answer. Maybe I'm diving too deep into this. I've uh, watched too many uh, get-ups to, to, to be tricked by this. But I would say Steve Young um, – Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, I think won in MVP. Right, you, you need to settle on one here. Pick a pick a lane. Oh my god, I, I'm I'm gonna cheat off of my my I'm gonna cheat off of my neighboring desk. I'm going Emmett Smith as well, man. Okay, well, two for Emmett Smith. All I right. was thinking I was thinking much similar to you guys. One of the teams that's playing today, and I think I know the Lions last won the division in '93 which I then think they lost to the Packers in the wild card round that year because Brett Favre hit a big pass. To, so I'm going to say, although it's early for him, I'm going to say Brett Favre was the 93 NFL MVP, and that's who I'm going with. Bubba, what do we got? All right, so in 1993, the, it was 1993, correct. He was the, right. He the was Lions right. were first in the NFC Central. They were 10-6. and six. They lost a wild card to Green Bay 28-24. So that was the year, 1993. However, the correct answer is... The running back from the Cowboys, ah! Emmett Smith. Oh, he missed whoa, training camp. He missed it. the first two games. That was a contract dispute. He came back. He played the rest of the fourteen, and that was when they run, they won the first running first player to miss two games and then win the Super Bowl. He actually didn't even have that good of a year. He only had nine touchdowns, but they beat the Bills, won the Thank Super you, Bowl. Thank you, Nick. What? So there what you go. an impressive job. Up next is Ron Rivera going to be losing his job after today. We discuss preview Thanksgiving games on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.